everyone. Um, today's lesson is part of the big question series um, in which we um, address some of the questions that or some of the popular questions related to faith and Christianity that our friends or family may ask. And the purpose of this um, series is, as Martin probably says, uh, was saying is that it is to um, help us give, us give us some material that we could use to um, answer these questions. And in today's class, I will look into the role between science and religion. Um, and the reason why I'm doing this is that because a common rejection to religion or Christianity or religion in general is that science or scientific progress seem to contradict religion. You know, saying that, you know, people may say that many things you know, the that some of the religions claim are disproven or contradicted by science. Um, there's sort of an implication that um, saying that well, it's secularism or you know what people most commonly believe into is, is sort of based on science and therefore rational, whereas religion is purely based on faith and not rational. And um, and for me, I had also you know, friends who tell me that when 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 they look at the world around us, they feel like you know science could explain the world sufficiently enough, and there isn't any reason to have religion into their life and that's kind of the, the question or the um, viewpoint that I want to um, address in this in this lesson so let's go into first looking into the science and the role of science and trying to un understand really what can science actually prove what I want to say is, is uh, or claim is that you know science can explain the how question how things how things are working, um, describing basically the natural world around us, um, but only provisionally. You know, science, you know, if you think about, for example, gravity, it's, science can tell us that the, the Newton's law of gravity tells us that if you hold a ball and then let go of it, it will fall to a ground. And um, Newton postulated some equations about how, um, you know, the, how the ball will move, the acceleration that will have, and you can describe um, describe the trajectory of the of the ball, and and it's 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 you know remarkable though if we look around us, you know how these kind of laws and how these scientific um, scientific progress has helped to um, you know drive technology forward in our lives, and we you know we rely on this these kind of scientific laws, and um, you know implicitly or even explicitly in our everyday to day life and you know the most remarkable example to me is always when we go f when we've gone to a plane and to think about how you know how science has been able to tell us into how to how we can actually fly in the sky and, and go at what 700 miles per hour or something like that so it's um you know definitely science has been you know, remarkable in explaining what on describing you know the natural world around us and how things are uh, are working, but one thing that uh, that that science isn't able to do is it can't really prove it you know with absolute certainty. Um, you know, when Einstein talked about you know what science can do, or maybe the limitation of science, it says this following: you know the scientific theorist is not to be envied. For nature, or more precisely, experiment is an inexorable and not very friendly judge of his work. It never says yes to a theory. In the most favorable cases, it says maybe. In the great majority of cases, simply no. 
If an experiment agrees with a theory, it means for the latter, maybe. And if it does not agree, it means no. Probably every theory some experience it's no. Most theories soon after conception. Well, while science, you know, while science really tries to set the laws of how the nature works, you know, what Einstein is saying is that we never get a yes to, to these laws. We, we never say, like, this is definitely true for everything. It's only, we, we only, you know, we, we test it by experiment, but it only tells us a, you know, provisional maybe to, to the answers. And we rely on a lot of these kind of maybes in our day-to-day -day life. It seems to hold pretty well for, for a lot of things, you know, the laws of thermodynamics, the laws of um, gravity and, and so on. So they seem to work pretty well, but it never tells us, you know, the full story about how things um, are working. And, and these theories are, you know, they, they change over time as well. And we never, so which is why we, why I'm kind of saying is that you never can prove it. Even, even let's say gravity, you know, which was first um, discovered by Newton, um, eventually we found out, well, it, it doesn't actually work very well when you, when you think of how planets move around or when very large objects, um, they don't, they don't, they don't attract each other in, in quite the same way where, where then Einstein came in and postulated the general theory of relativity in 1915, which then, ex you know, so far gives us the best explanation of, you know, of gravity. But, you know, again, this is still a theory and we never have a definite yes for it, but it maybe so far explains the world better. And maybe another example of how, you know, our scientific understanding changes over time and how, you know, what things people may think is true, you know, actually been, you know, changed, reverted later on, or maybe we could say refined as well as differences. And for example, um, you know, once people, scientists thought that our universe is, you know, deterministic and, you know, if we can just measure things, you know, close enough and if we just know all the, all the th measure everything, then we could predict the future uh, exactly. So this is what kind of determinis determinism is, where we say that all events are complete, determined completely by exist previously existing causes. And I personally, when I was younger, that's how I thought the world works, right? I mean, you, you see that a lot around us. So if, you know, if one thing happened, that's because of, you know, if, if, the, if the ball is falling fell down, that's because, well, I let go of it, for example, or, um, and, and you could say that, you know, this is, this is um, a prior belief that, you know, scientists mainly had. But then in the 1950s, chaos theory came into play where people say, no, all of a sudden, wait, you can't actually really determine and practice determine things exactly because there, there are systems where, you know, you've heard of sort of the butterfly effect where, where small changes in the initial conditions where, you know, a flap of a butterfly wing can make um, large differences later on, can, can, can cause a hurricane in, 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 in somewhere else in the world. So these are, these are things where you know, scientists now think, oh, actually, we, you know, it's in practice actually not possible to do this because they, these initial conditions, the way small changes can make big differences. Um, but then maybe can people say, oh, well, if you just measure things exactly, if you measure, you know, if you can put in the small butterfly, can, if you can actually measure the world exactly just, you know, even even take into account the flaps of a butterfly, maybe we can then determine things. And then quantum physics came, in, came into play where they say, well, actually, you cannot actually measure anything exactly because when you start measuring it, you actually change it as well, which is the so-called observer effect. Um, and, you know, in 1998, there's this quite famous, well, I think it's physics quite famous, uh, Weizmann experiment where... Um, 
where they observed that when you when you observe something, an electron or uh, or, or or a molecule um, behaves differently than when you don't. And so, um, I mean, more famously, perhaps there's this kind of double slit experiment where if you if you observe how light travels, it, it behaves either as a um, particle or as, or as a wave, depending on whether you observe it. So it's it's very um, so in other words, what you, what what I'm saying here is, and you know, don't worry about the physics. I don't, to be honest, I don't really fully understand that all that well. But um, as I'm not a physicist, but it's um, it's it's really showing. I think what I, I think this kind of things for me have really showed is that um, our scientific beliefs and us, the way we understand the world, changes over time as well. And we we still, you know, we we are, we don't really understand our world, and we never really get a um, full understanding of how how the uh, how the even the natural world f works um, but more you know more importantly though science cannot really explain um, what I call the why and the should question um, you know why science can tell us you know if you drop the ball um, if, if, if you if you hold a ball and you let it drop you know it folds down but you know should you drop the balls maybe it's a silly question but um, but maybe in so many of our own lives, we know that we know that we want we would like to know what what we should be doing. You know, science can tell us can make huge technological um, advancement. But then what people often ask is like, should one do that? Should we use you know, nuclear power? Should one use um, you know should, should should the society be looking that way? And also, why you know why do we exist? Why are we in this world? What is the meaning of the world? And this is where science really cannot explain that at all. It can explain the natural world, but it can't tell us what how things should be. Um, and this is maybe and this is then where, at least in the secular world, ethics come into play. Um, where they say, you know, this is how people should be living. And um, we have this whole we have a lot of human rights and um, but the one problem is with ethics is like why should one do that? Is does it there isn't science cannot explain to us why um, you know why human rights are good let's say or why this is exactly the right thing to do um, because in the end they are all you know if you look think about what um, secularism or also maybe humanism which is a very common belief and uh, um, I think along among you know in the society currently which is um, and these kind of two things are really all, at the end also just beliefs they they tell us that, you know, equality and rule of law and cooperation, dignity, justice, a lot of, lot of, um, you know, which we think are good things, are things that we should we should pursue, but it doesn't it it can't give us a scientific kind of basis behind that necessarily. And in the end, what they are is just, you know, in the end they are also just beliefs. Um, so that can this is and, and it is really then. When we think about religion, that's really the role of religion, a role of kind of beliefs, which can t which can answer the why and the should question. Um, my claim is then, therefore, then that religion complements science by answering these kind of why and the should question. Um, and you know, just like how humanism and secularism tells us the why and the should question, maybe you know, secularism would say us. Well, why do we exist? Well, we existed. We exist because of you know random, uh, random effects. And how should we live? Well, we should live to love one another and to um, you know to treat everyone equally and and so on. 
Um, that's maybe where, where these kind of beliefs in. and and of course we know how what and we also know what what the Bible tells us about the why how how it answers the why and the should question. Um, you know, why do we exist? In Acts seventeen verse twenty seven it says, you know, God did this, which is the creation, so that they would seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He's not far from any one of us. So the Bible really explains the one the fundamental question of life: Why do we exist? Which is, we we were created to reach out to God, to be in a relationship with God, and to seek Him. You know, furthermore, the Bible then tells us uh, about how our sins destroy our relationship with God. And um, you know, in John three sixteen, it says that it talks about how God reconciled us with Him through um, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Um, and in Genesis 1, it talks about how, you know, how life should be. We should be in a place where we are in a perfect relationship with God. Um, and furthermore, now, you know, it, it, the Bible tells us about how we should be living, you know, now in this new, um, in this new word after, after Jesus came, which is to love one another, which it says in John 13, as well as to forgive one another in Ephesians 4. And in, in the same way as, as Jesus has forgiven us. And I think this is what, you know, the Bible tells us something or explains something that I think many of us have always felt, that we were made for relationships, for relationships with God as well as for relationships with one another. And, um, yeah, I think it's, when we come to kind of this point, it's, it's I think when, 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 when our friends and family maybe ask us, this is a great point to kind of, talk to him and introduce him the bible and talk about you know what are these kind of questions are which is which science cannot answer but the bible can answer and how do they work together how does religion and science you know if i say they're complementary how do they work as and what does how can one tell us something about the other and how do we maybe reconcile apparent contradiction um one thing I find is that science can can confirm, although you know provisionally only, um, claims from the Bible, or maybe not say claims from the Bible, but more more about you know why we should when when Bible tells us we should be doing something, the science can tell us why it's actually good for us. And I think the you know the most encouraging thing I've found is, or the most um, interesting I found is is, is the seventy five year study from Harvard um, on what leads to a happy and healthy life. It's the so-called Grand and Glück study, where they followed over 75 years um, um, some uh, men, or quite a, quite a lot of men, um, and, and, and surveyed them every, every two years, basically, on, um, on, on different things, but mainly just about you know, how happy they are and, and, and what kind of things, uh, what other factors they, were, they, they have in their lives, and, and just to see what kind of well, you could say decisions or what kind of factors in the end lead to lives that are both you know, healthy and long as well as uh, you know, happy based on you know, subjective feeling. And um, you know, one, of, one of the co-authors of that study or the director of, 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 that, um, of the institute that, that, that is facilitating the study says, you know, that from the, says here the clearest message that we get from the 75-year study is Long relationships keep us happier and healthier, period. Or he also says that I think 
loneliness kills. It's as powerful as smoking or alcoholism. So the study has found that really that you know life is actually seems is about relationship, or at least appears to be about relationships, where 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 good relationships are uh, the most important factor to keep us healthy and happy. Um, and that's you know again the, what the, what our Bible has told us has told us you know two thousand years ago you know the, to or at least tells us to to invest in a relation that it's, it's it is about relationships and you know one John four it says so it's about you know dear friends let us love one another for love comes from God everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Um, you know, the Bible tells us about you know, that we should love one another. That we should be in relationships with one another and with God. And that's and the science can tell us that this is. Well, scientific study has shown that we this this seems to be true as well, and that seems to be something that you know brings us fulfillment as well as health. Um, and I think my own my own lived experience or own lived experience can also help towards. Um, you know, giving us evidence why, to why we should doing things that the Bible says tells us to do. You know, certainly for me, I think the largest factor that convinced me on the claims of the Bible and, and to become a Christian is the way um, Christianity transforms relationships. I could see, I could see in um, you know, both I'm observing as well as just reading the Bible and seeing what you know how what God tells us about the relationships is that. I could see that that how much security and stability, um, these uh, how much stability and, uh, and security it can bring in in, the, in our relationships when our relationships are based on God and um, on God's principles and and this is something that I would that I couldn't see in in the secular world. So I, I definitely saw for me that one the biggest thing that convinced me, I suppose, that to believe in the Bible is to see. Uh, is to see that you know it, it tells us how we should be living, and I can see how that really transforms the relationships in um, in my life. And I think you know right now, having having been a Christian now for um, for six years now, is that that it's, it's it is true for um, it's definitely been true for me to that you know this basing my life and my you know the principles that God put us that God tells us through the Bible and putting that in true into my life, I can see that how that transformed, you know, my marriage relationships as well as my relationship just with friends and and it's this closeness in relationship and 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 seeing sort of the grace and the love that we can have in our relationships when we base it on God. It is through that I think I, I see and I can I know God and I can understand God's character um, through that and see that that is true. In my life, um, and I think this, you know, that's something of maybe similar for for if if you if um, people ask you about you know how do you feel see this this is true I think this being you know your own personal testimony can help massively towards that as well. Another kind of side point on this, I think on 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 the study is also interesting. I mean, it says. You know, one of the largest, biggest factor for a divorce is alcoholism, and alcoholism you know, it says alcoholism is a disorder of great destructive power. And again, the Bible two thousand years ago tells us about 
you know, that we shouldn't get drunk on wine and alcohol. So again, science can confirm this kind of things which the Bible has already claimed or told us to do. Now, just quickly on, you know, what, what about sort of the apparent contradictions between the science and the Bible? You know, I won't go into any detail about any specific topics here, but just want to outline a few things to mention when such things, topics come up. Um, I mean, the first thing to, I guess, to remember is that Bible is not a science textbook. Instead, it's a, you know, people would describe it as a love story. It talks about, it's, it's more about the relationships and, um, and it wasn't written for us to explain to us how the detailed way of how our universe works. The Bible explains to us the things that are important and necessary for us to know, which the main thing is, is to know how much God loves us and wants to be in a relationship with us. But it's not there to explain maybe perhaps exactly how um, yeah, the creation story, for example. And you know, talking about the creation story... You know, I think this this is the cultural context that also matters when we look into the Bible. Um, you know, the creation story in Genesis is probably one of the most often mentioned um, places where 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 you know the Bible says something that apparently contradicts the scientific consensus, um, saying you know the Big Bang was you know, thirteen billion years ago or something like that, which where the Bible says it's you know we we only existed for ten thousand years or something like that. Um, although the Bible doesn't say exactly ten thousand years, people who made the math, who who added up the numbers, said you, know, you get you get to something like ten thousand. I'm not sure what the exact number is, um, but I think you know what, why does cultural context matter? Well, I think when we look at in, when we look at Genesis, and um, one thing that has one podcast has helped me quite a lot to understand um, maybe better the um, Old Testament is uh, is the Bema podcast, which I think a lot of people from our church have recommended and before um and that's been really yeah just really helpful to understand the old T testament and um how perhaps you know the initial target audience of the book would have would have understood the bible um which is very different from how we might understand it nowadays and um and that's maybe another resource i can just recommend if we you know if we want to dive into that this is um yeah if we want to understand the old testament well it's um it may not be quite, you know, we can't maybe read it literally in, in, in sort of the cultural lens that we read. Whereas, um, it, you know, back then, it seems like that when they read the text, it would be quite different, you know, quite a bit different. Lastly, I think I want to say is about, um, you know, when we think about miracles, you know, that seems like to be something that defies the laws of nature as we know it. And, you know, it's true that supernatural miracles are not scientific, but... I want to also claim that it's not irrational to believe in that because science by definition looks for natural causes for everything. So by it basically assumes that there are no miracles. Um, or let's say um, it, it assumes that it is, that it is not a miracle that, that causes the effects. Whereas, you know, if we believe in a God that, and believe in a creator, in a God that has really created the earth and heavens and also the scientific laws, I don't think it's irrational to believe, also believe that um, he can be above such laws and perform miracles. So I think, you know, it is incorrect to, to say that well, we believe in miracles, therefore we don't believe in, in science. But rather, I think we believe in a God that, that has created a science 
or created the scientific laws and is also above them and can um, do something that that is supernatural. So I think in conclusion, I just want to say that yeah, yeah, science and religion are I want to claim that science and religion are complementary and have different roles in our life. You know, science helps us in describing the natural world around us, the laws that govern it, and it helps us to make you know, really incredible predictions and um, in our life that 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 help you know that are you know that help us in in so many ways in our, our day life. But also, you know, all this kind of scientific understanding and theory is a provisional. Um, we cannot prove for certain, with 100% certainty, that something is as we currently understand it. And also, science cannot help us understand, you know, cannot help us understand why things are the way they are, why we exist, and how we should be living. And this is kind of the why and should question, which the religion, at least partly, can answer. Religion helps us understand, you know, the spiritual world, you could say, around us, answering the why and the should question. It can answer why we exist, it can answer how we should be living. And, um, and I think when we, as I mentioned earlier, you know, when, when people ask us this question, it's, um, it's, it's a great gateway to explain or show Christianity to them and to see how uh, the Bible may answer the why and the should question. And then we can talk about, as I kind of mentioned, or maybe somehow how science and scientific research can help confirm sort of the benefits of um, what God tells us and to see, um, you know, to, to, to see that for their own lives that these things may be true. And just as a very last point, you know, how can we be most helpful to people with similar questions? Sort of, um, you know, not some, some other points, I think, on that. You know, I mentioned already to... Um, yeah, I already mentioned that, that how we can, you know, we, we, we can we can talk to them about the Bible. But I think some points that which are quite helpful for for people is to one is to show that you know you respect and embrace science. That we you know we don't we're as Christians we're we're not irrational. We're not we're not um, illogical, but we we do you know respect and do embrace science, and we are open minded and willing to accept you know new things that come into mind that can come into you know that 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 seem to seem to be true or seem to be provisionally true and we should try to seek answers to apparent contradictions and to me the Bayman podcast has been very helpful to understand you know what is the yeah how do we how should we understand the creation story as is told in the bible um and yeah when we seek these answers to to these apparent contradictions it really helps our own convictions as well as being able to help others and very lastly I think this you know, the scripture in John eight thirty one to thirty two helps has helped me a lot when I was studying the Bible, and I think it might be still helpful now, um, in in this kind of topic, where you know Jesus says, "If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." When I was studying the Bible, that you know I wanted to know whether things in the Bible were true, and I found. You know, as I was mentioned before, when 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 I see about the relationships and the way the God transformed the relationships, I could really see how things are true. And this can be great encouragement to people who want to study, who want to you know wrestle through these kind of questions. To and and you know, Jesus promised us that we can well, when we hold it and when we apply things to our lives, we will see 
the truth and 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 the truth leads to some amazing freedom and you know if if you're a christian for a long for a while you will you'll see that i think you know we often experience the freedom that god that jesus has has given us through that so um so that's something that can be really helpful for other people but also for our own selves when we you know when we are maybe grappling with maybe perhaps apparent contradiction you know if we hold on to jesus teaching and um we will you know i think that's we will in the end know that we wouldn't hopefully know that we'll know the truth that god will reveal to us the important truth that we need to know so i hope that's been helpful um on that thing and um yeah thanks very much